You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to fellowship together. We honor you for calling us into the fold and making us a part of this local church. We honor you. We gather in your name. These temples are here to receive stirrings and deposits in their depository, the place you live. And reside. Stay us unto good works. By the clarity. Of your voice. And in its utterance. Insight and expression. I speak with boldness. The accurate precise word of God. We set our sights on you. And you alone. Take shape. As we hear. We have the ability to do. By the power that is outworking us. We thank you that in all of this you are exalted in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Matthew 28 is 18 to 19. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go make disciples. We said the word disciples is the word multitude. And it represents students. It represents apprentices. It represents people who are being trained after the kind of their leader. And therefore, when you come to church, you came to be trained. You came to be taught. One of the basic things you are taught to do is training in exegesis. Exegesis is how to interpret scripture. Because you need to have a good understanding of the model, Christ. And if you can't understand his word, you can't follow well. As a good trainee, as a good apprentice, it is not possible. Listen to me very carefully. Every believer is a theologian. You don't have to go to Bible school. As a matter of fact, Bible schools are an addendum. When you come to church, church is meant to be a Bible school. Did you hear what I just said? What is theology? Theology is God talk, God's conversation. So understanding God's conversation is studying theology. So it is not anything hoodious. No. You must understand God's conversation in the Bible. All right? And so when you are able to have a good understanding, there are certain questions you don't ask. You know, people can ask very foolish questions. Second Timothy speaks to that. Second Timothy 2.23. Avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. So people can ask. Very, very, very foolish questions. 
and they speak a lot out of ignorance. And the reason why some of these things get to you is because you yourself are also what? Ignorant. So they can easily get to you. Like, why do you always waste time praying? Praying, praying, praying. What money have you got? Because in their mind, you pray for what? Money. And it is the reason why you are motivated to pray. So all your prayer is because you want money. So they want to see the corresponding result in your pocket and your bank account. Then you can spend all the time praying because they live for money. But you don't live for money. Are you hearing me? Okay. So training in exegesis is very key. Look at Jesus in Luke chapter 2, 46 to 47. Now so it was that after three days they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. Are we trainers of Christ Jesus? Are trainees of Christ Jesus? Is that what he said in Matthew 28? We should go and make what? Disciples. So our master sat down to be taught and ask questions. He was sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. 47 gives us the result. Go. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers because he sat in the midst of what? Teachers to learn. And to ask questions. He was trained. Because he yielded himself to training. All who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. He doesn't come from the moon. The Holy Spirit will teach me. The Holy Spirit reminds you. Men will teach you. Men will train you. The word questions there. Actually speaks to, to lay a request. To lay a request. So he was laying a request before them. Acts 17, 11. One of the early churches. And most of you, I'm sure, have heard of them. The Berean church. And unbelievers quote them a lot. Unbelievers. They quote them in the wrong way. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica. So they are being compared to another church. So... We can all be part of the body of Christ. And yet, one will yield to training, others will not yield to. One will yield to teaching, others will not yield to. Others will want to be told fairy tales and Nancy stories. And they'll be fine. So you must decide what you want. So there were a group of churches in Thessalonica that were not fair-minded, but the Bereans were fair-minded. Look at what they said. In that they received the word with all readiness. That's, that's number one. They received the word with all readiness. In other words, they were ready to learn. They were ready to know. They want to understand. They want to follow. That was the spirit of that church. We need to know they received. So you can be giving and yet one will not be receiving. Yes. So as I'm speaking, there are those who are readily receiving 
And there are those who are also thinking whether they want to receive or not. And they want to hear me tell stories and teach in parables. How did someone how did how was church sweet? Shared a lot of jokes. That's not the Berean church. And it can't be carries. He didn't say amen. They received the word with all readiness. And the next, and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. They had the spirit of inquiry. It is not a spirit to detest what has been said. There's a difference between theologians and Bible scholars. Yeah. There are people who are Bible scholars. They studied the Bible to actually defend their own reasoning. <laughs> they are not believers. So there are people who can even come to church and all they want to do is to find fault with what the pastor is saying. That person is never a believer. All right? So, but the Bereans, they are theologians. They are believers. They are ready to learn. So they receive the word and they go home and they set the scriptures to find emphasis to what has been said. Praise God. So when the Bible says here that they set the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so, it's not in the negative. It is actually in the positive. To entrain themselves in what they have been taught. Praise God. They searched the scriptures. So if you listen carefully to your pastor consistently, you will start thinking alike in that same interpretative mindset. I know. How do I know? Because for every pastor I've studied under, I began to interpret scriptures like them. So if the person preaches secularism, you now start interpreting scripture in that same light. Do you realize why if you sometimes quote scripture to people and you are bringing the text into replay and play the text, okay, because of the context, they fight with you. Because they have been sitting under a pastor who has consistently been talking to them, not in the light of the text, within the context, but in the light of their own imaginations. And they've been sitting in that church for a long time. So they don't, so the moment, and they've been listening to their pastor every time. Listening to their audios every time. And so anytime they are going to interpret scripture, they think about something the world says, and then they bring it into the light of scripture. In the same way, if you listen to me and listen to me and listen to me, you would definitely be looking at scripture just as scripture is. You'd always put context to feature and not take things out of context. You'd always be looking at what God is saying. Not the world, what the world is saying that you think God will say. Or you bring God into what the world is saying. Is that very clear? So, after three years of teaching and training, Jesus left them to function in the knowledge and experience deposited in them. And they maintained it. And they grew it. 
and they multiplied it. See, I yield myself to training. I yield myself to teaching. See, I am a good student. I am actually aspiring to be the best apprentice in this local assembly. That is my goal. So don't let people who are sometimes come to church and buy very aimless in their Christianity dissuade you. It happens a lot. They come to visit you. You are listening to the audios. So you ask for this. That's all you see to doing. They dissuade you. They come and you are praying. Oh, what are you praying? I have a burden. Say, oh, why you? Hey, so you there. And they keep saying things to punch your spiritual life. But that is what God has called you for. Oh, did you hear what I just said? <laughs> it's because they are not, they are refusing to grow. And they don't have good understanding. Say, I aspire. To be the best apprentice. Mark 16, 15 to 20. And he said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Let's jump to 18. They'll take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, they'll by no means hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. 19 to 20. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven, sat down on the right hand of God, and they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them, confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. So you see the fruit of the training. You see the fruit of the teaching. When the master left, they were able to function the same as the master. Praise God. All right. Jesus rushed them. He never rushed them. That's why you can see sometimes our series take a long, it takes long. I think I have a 30, accurately dividing the word went to 30, right? Close to, yeah. Genesis series 2 also, yeah. All right? Why do we do so? Because you don't rush it. You are deliberate about it. You are deliberate. You are deliberate. Listen to me very carefully. Listen, this is what you were created for. If you don't enjoy doing it, you are living outside your nature. Say, this is what I was created for. Let me tell you why you think it is not so. It's because you allowed the world to train you for a long time. So it is the training of the world that is yielding that kind of results. So now it is making it seem as if I am introducing you to something new. Are you here? It is because whilst you were growing up, whilst I was growing up, the training we had was to make it seem like life is all about being the doctor, being the pharmacist, being the soldier, being oh, true or false. All of us. And so that became the focus. That's what we pride in. If somebody would ask you, even now, 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 that's what you pride in. And if you don't have it, you feel like the world, in this world, you don't matter. You are the one who was left behind. Many people have committed suicide because of that. Are you here with me? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so, 
It's because of training. So it tells you the impact of training and teaching. It's so powerful. Yesterday, somebody asked a question on the Accra Academy page. And somebody really gave him a wonderful answer. And I realized that some of these, I post devotions every day. And I can see they are really learning. How come Japan, there's no Christianity. And they have so much, they have developed and all of that. And there are a lot of Christians in Ghana praying every time, praying every time, and nothing is happening. And so the guy answered and said, no, it's not about, we don't, Christianity is not because we want a developed country. That's not why we're Christians. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's not it. It has nothing to do with Christianity. Otherwise, the people you meet that are very rich must all be Christians. No. As a matter of fact, all the rich countries make it seem like they want you to be like them. It's not true. They don't want you to be like them. Do you know why? Because they don't have the spirit of Christ. Yes. But you see, when you have the spirit of Christ, you want everybody to have what you have and even more. That is civilization. But to the world, it is opposite. I will have more to be able to look down on you. So every time, I'll be the one giving to you. So you see yourself, what? Small. And then you see me, big. That's the spirit of the world. That's the spirit of the world. Okay, so, so training is so key. So when the people train themselves... To have a civilized country in terms of how the world sees civilization. And to do inventions and to decide that in our country, this is how we're going to go. We put our country first. They will be more developed. They don't need Christ to do that. Hey, are you here with me? They don't. But if you have a people who also decide that it is me, not my country. Me, my family, and all my allies. You also know what will happen. So everybody come, they share their booty. They go. Share their booty. They go. Share their booty. They go. That's the kind of country you're going to what? Praise God. Realize when Jesus came, he didn't change the economic situation of Israel. They were under captivity when he came. He didn't take them out of captivity. He emancipated the human being from the slavery of sin. That's what Christianity gives. Are you here with me? All right. So, this Jesus we're talking about was the Jesus of the Old Testament. So, if you are not careful, you'll be that Christian who says that the Old Testament promised Jesus. So, you see Jesus like somebody who was not there. But they promised he would be born and come. So, we are here. No, they spoke about him, spoke about him. Then he came. <laughs> and that's how many believers see the Old Testament and they see Jesus. But Jesus was in the Old Testament. And he was not there in person as a human being, but he was the one instructing from there. Are you hearing me? That's why there's so much consistency between the what we call the Old Testament and the New Testament. But people think that they are opposite. They are not. If God does not change and if Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then that consistency must be there. 
You must know how the Bible was written. I'm going through some of these things because most of you don't come for Wednesday service. Some of these things that I'm teaching, for all those who come for the Wednesday service and they listen to the audios, they know what I'm talking about. But I know some of you will be lost. So I'm forced to go through some of these things. And I'm doing that for your sake. I pray you are delivered. Say, I'm delivered. So, you must understand that when we say the word of God, everything in the Bible is not the word of God. It's not everything in the Bible that God said. Say, get this clear. It is not everything in the Bible that God said. But everything in the Bible, God inspired for it to be written down. So, in the Bible, you find things that Satan said. You find things that wicked men said and did. You find things that righteous people inspired by God said and did. You would also find things that righteous people in their ignorance said and did. Are you here? But all of these things, God inspired for them to be written what? Down. Is that very clear? An example is like in a meeting when you go to corporate meetings and the chair of the board did not inspire everything that everybody said in the meeting. True or false? Everybody is speaking their opinion from their perspective, from their mindset. Everybody is speaking. But the secretary records the minutes or writes the minute down. That one is inspired by the chairman of the board. That he writes everything down. Is that very clear? So although he did not say everything that was said in the meeting and did not inspire that, he inspired everything that was written what? Down. So now, when you Pick the minutes, you'll be able to fish out who was inspired to speak <laughs> by the chair and who was not. Who is in agreement with the chair? Who is not? You see the mental disposition of the chair and where the chair wants to take the meeting. You'll be able to fish all of that out. Is that very clear? Is that clear? So, when we talk about the Bible, we should be able to go through the Bible and know what God said, what God didn't say. What God is instructing us to do and what he doesn't want us to What the devil did, what God wants done. The pattern which God wants us to take and the pattern he doesn't want us to take. We should be able to see all of that. We don't take everything hook, line, and what? Sinker and say, this is how God wants to do. So you see, Absalom hanged himself and said, God wants me to hang myself. Isaiah 52, 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things. Who proclaims salvation? Who says to Zion, your God reigns? So Isaiah is speaking to good news. And the proclamation of that good news 
brings peace. And in that good news, it's salvation. And in that salvation, Isaiah says, God reigns. So, there can be a proclamation of news that brings confusion. That brings salvation for some people. And in the end, it is men who reign. But this good news Isaiah speaks to, he says, in the end, it is God who reigns. Oh, praise God. Where did Isaiah pick it from? Genesis 1, 26 to 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness. Hey, hello. So Isaiah is speaking to God reigning. But God is reigning in man. So man is on this earth. But although man is on this earth, man is behaving like God. Because man carries God. God's image. So although man is ruling, it is God who is ruling through man. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the best of the air, over the cattle, over the, all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male, female. He created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the best of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Hello. So man's rule is not alienated from God's rule. Man's rule actually must be how God rules. Because man will be ruling by the image of God in him. So man's domination, man's dominion is God's mandate that man will rule like God rules on the earth. It's not opposite. It's not abstract. It is in sync. Is that very clear? Genesis 49, 9 to 10. Judah is a lion's well from the prey. My son, you have gone up. He bows, he lies down as a lion. And as a lion who shall rouse him. As a lion who shall rouse him. The scepter shall not depart from Judah. Nor a lawgiver from between his feet. Until Shiloh comes. And to him shall be the obedience of the people. In other versions, they say the gathering of the people. I explained that. Yeah? Yes. It's the obedience. So it is not people just gathering. But people shall actually gather to obey. In other words, to rule like God. So the authority by which men rule is just like God ruling the earth. Oh, hello. Am I making myself very clear? Look at Exodus 19, 5 to 6. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. 
Can you see God asking for the people to be in obedience and align with his will so that he can rule through them? Did you see that? Oh, did you see that? Did you see that in Exodus 19? If you will indeed what? Obey my, my word. Obey my voice and keep my covenant. Then you shall be a special treasure to me. Is that very clear? Oh, is that very clear? Yes. And above all people, for all the earth is whose? Is mine. And it shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. So God has a plan, and we are to fit in his plan. And in that, he rules the earth through us. Say, praise God. I said, say, praise God. Praise God. Say, the Lord rules through me. We are speaking to something here that is very important. We are speaking to the workings of the spirit at the same time the walking in the spirit. <laughs> Say the workings of the spirit and the walking in the spirit. Oh, say the workings of the spirit and the walking in the spirit. So the spirit works through us, true or false. And as he works through us, we're able to walk in what? The spirit. Is that very clear? Good. So you see, God started speaking to that from the Old Testament. <laughs> right from the beginning. His image in us is the work of the spirit. And now we subduing, dominating, replenishing, multiplying is the work of the spirit. Am I making sense? Look at Deuteronomy 17, 14 to 16. When you come to the land which the Lord your God is giving you and possess it and dwell in it, and say, I will set a king over me like all the nations that are around me. I want you to note this carefully. Everybody note this. Very important. You shall surely set a king over you whom the Lord your God chooses. One from among your brethren you shall set as a king over you. You may not set a foreigner over you who is not your brother. But he shall not multiply horses. For himself, nor cause the people to return to Egypt to multiply horses. For the Lord has said to you, You shall not return that way again. Say, The Lord has a design, the Lord has a, the Lord has a, plan. The Lord has a plan, and that plan has a purpose. What do you see there? Tell me what you see there. What do you see? So, God brought the people out of Egypt. In Egypt, they were living in a certain culture. Even when God moved them out of Egypt, they still wanted to live the same culture of Egypt. How do you know that? Go back. When you come to the land which the Lord your God is giving you. So you see, right from Genesis, we saw God wanting to rule through man. In other words, the culture that man will have will be God's culture. And through that culture, man will rule the earth. In that case, then man can live heaven, what? On earth. Now, man fell. So God 
wants to bring that same process, that, that culture back, that design back. So God chose Israel. Israel went into captivity. Why did they go? Because they moved away from that same culture. Now, as they went into captivity, they went to learn another culture. God is now bringing them back to give them a land, separate them, so that the design he planned will work. But look at their mindset. When they come and say, I will set a king over me, like what? You see where the problem is. God is not against them having a king. The problem is they wanting to have a king over them like all the nations that are around them. We want to do things like the world does. We want to behave like the world does. That was not, the problem is not they having, listen, God saw the desires of their heart. And he was speaking to Moses regarding that. <laughs> that was the problem. Is it not the same problem in Genesis? In Genesis, oh my God. There was no example. In Genesis, the devil lied to them. And man now cultivated the desire to be his own God. All of a sudden, he doesn't, got, he doesn't want God to rule through him. He now wants to rule him. By his own self. Am I speaking to somebody? Listen to me very carefully. If you're a believer, be a believer. Run away from the philosophies of this world. Listen. The reason why most of us are the kind of believers we are is because we are not content with the culture of the believer. We see the world's culture rather as the beautiful one. We see their frustration. We see how they are dying young. We see how they can ruthlessly deal with one another. We see how their culture is brutal. The survival of the fittest. Yet, they show us the glitz and the glamour. So we love their culture. And we abandon who we are in Christ. You see why he told them in the 16. <laughs> but he shall not multiply horses for himself, nor cause the people to return to Egypt, nor to multiply horses. For the Lord has said to you, you shall not return that way again. So there's a way Egypt runs its economy. There's a way God wants his economy to be run. Look at 1 Samuel. I'll end with this one. 1 Samuel 8. God saw it and it happened. This is where it happened. Yeah, this is where it happened. God said, okay, I will let them be. We're going to read it. Let's all go. I want everybody to read it. Go. Now, it came to pass, mm -hmm, when Samuel was old, that he made his sons judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second, Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba. But his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain, took bribes, and perverted justice. <laughs> then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, mm -hmm, Look, you are old, 
and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now, make us a king to judge us like all the... Did you hear that? Were they not having judges? The kings they are seeking for, are they not seeking for another judge? But they want judges what? Like the other nations. Like the other nations. Let's continue. Go. Wait. But the thing displeased who? When they said, mm hmm. Mm hmm. So Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Let's go. Heed the voice of the people in all that they say to you. Mm -hmm. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me. Samuel was there, right? His children were there, right? But God said they have rejected who? Him. Because God is ruling through Samuel. Is that correct? Uh -uh. But he said, no, that's not kosher for us. We want a king like what? Let's continue. According to mm -hmm, all the works mm -hmm, which they have done since the day that I brought them out of Egypt to this day. Did you hear that? Did you see that in Deuteronomy? <laughs> so you see, God has tried every way to find, to make them, no, this is not, but they insisted. So at a point, he said, Listen to me very carefully. I told you. It's your choice. It's always your choice. God has made your choice the most powerful. He says, if you choose, I will wait. Yeah. That's how God has made it. If you choose, I will wait. Yeah. yeah. You can choose to come to church. You can choose not to come. You can choose to pray. You can choose not to pray. You can choose to live everything, every kind of life you want. You can it's your choice. It's your choice. Everybody, it's your choice, including me. It's our choice. It's your choice. If he didn't stop Adam, he won't stop you. Adam. Because that was the most significant choice. Because God knew that all of us would come through Adam. He should have stopped Adam. But he, he taught Adam. Taught Adam. Taught Adam. Trained Adam. Said everything. Can we go ahead? All right. Let's continue. No, no. Let's read from 8 so that it will be clear. Go. According to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them out of Egypt, even to this day, mm -hmm, with which they have forsaken me and served other gods, mm -hmm, so they are doing to you also. Now therefore, mm -hmm, hear their voice. However, you shall solemnly forewarn them and show them the behavior of the king who will reign over them. You see, God's character is consistent. Doesn't change. That even when you say, this is what I want to do, all he will do is to let you know the consequences. Yeah, yeah. He will let you know. So you know. Every believer knows. Every believer. Every believer. The spirit of God is in you. When you are going, he says, hey, you know. No, I didn't know. No, you knew. <laughs> yeah. Is it a fact? Look at me, all of us. Yes, all of us. I'm including myself. Look at me too. Look at you. Do you know? Yes, you do. So he would give you the consequences. Let you know ahead. So they knew, right? Okay. So let's go ahead. 
So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who asked for a king. Mm -hmm. And he said, this will be the behavior of the king who will reign over you. Mm -hmm. He will take your sons and appoint them for his own chariots and to be his horsemen. And some will run before his chariots. He will appoint captains over his thousands and captains over his fifties. Will set some to plow his ground and reap his harvest. And some to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers, cooks, and bakers. And he will take the best of your fields, your vineyards, your olive groves, and give them to his servants. He will take a tenth of your grain and your vintage and give it to his officers and servants. And he will take your male servants and your female servants, your finest young men and your donkeys, and put them to his work. He will take a tenth of your sheep, and you will be his servants. <laughs> he knows you will always come back to him. <laughs> he knows. He knows you always come back to him. He knows. He knows. Because he sees what you don't see. He knows what you don't know. Hello. Okay. And you will cry out in that day. Hmm? Because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves. And the Lord will not hear you in that day. It's not, it doesn't mean that God will not listen to you. What he means is that the process cannot be what? Turned. Yeah. We started the process. It cannot be turned. It cannot be turned. Yeah. It cannot be turned. Okay, 19. Go. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, no, but we will have a king over us. And that we will also, we also may be like that is all that is in their mind, though. You see, that is what is in... Can, listen to me, listen to me very carefully. Listen to me very carefully. You see, what is forcing us to do all the things we want to do, we want to be like that guy next door. The reason why you are frustrated the way you are frustrated, I'm doing it in, in a style. Is it's, it's because you just want to be like the, the guy. That's all. That is your frustration. You are looking at that person who is an unbeliever most of the time or a very carnal believer and you are admiring them and he's speaking in your spirit. Say, I will hear you. They refused to obey. They refused. I refuse. You are not that man. You are not that woman. We are not that church. Oh, praise God. You be king over us, yeah, like the other nations. Hmm? He said, "Watch it, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles." Hey, they believe the king more than God, who goes ahead to fight their battle. You know, they, at a point, you know, they made a golden calf, and they said, "You brought us out of Egypt." Look at the golden calf. You, <laughs> you brought us. 
You know we do that. Oh, you know we do that a lot. Now you're flowing some, 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 some dollars. He said, oh, my hard work. is my hard work. He said, my hard-earned money. You have learned their talk. <laughs> you, have, it's, you are learning culture. The culture of the uh, rich, the worldly. When the worldly become rich, that's how they talk. My hard-earned money, they're talking. It's a culture. It's a culture. It's a culture. It's a culture. See, I'm not like the other nations. I'm of God. Say, I'm of God. God rules through me. Let's finish the verse. Go ahead. And Samuel heard all the words of the people, and he repeated them in the hearing of the Lord. So the Lord said to Samuel, Heed their voice and make them a king. And Samuel said to the men of Israel, Every man go to his city. So Saul was not God's choice. Saul was the choice of the people. That's why when David came on the scene, God said, I found a man after my own heart. We're going to go into it. Saul was not God's design. It was the desire of men playing. You will see it. You're going to see it. <laughs> oh my word say Lord I'm ready to go with you it's my desire that you rule in me in this world rise to your Grace, glorious grace, at the cross you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor, Carry Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Carry Center International, living heaven on earth.